he was a he was a guy cheerleader in college and that's how he he got through college on a cheerleading scholarship oh my god he was so much fun i didn't even know there were cheerleading scholarships i didn't want to say it but now that ashley did i have every right to say it i can't believe they had cheerleading (laughs) scholarships haven't you ever watched a cheerleading movie there's cheerleading they always talk about cheerleading scholarships i I have in high school though i don't don't remember that and bring it it on i know that's the only one i know i don't know (laughs) but yeah they do cheerleading scholarships and i know my bring it on yeah, I feel like I'm a fairly I, good expert in that movie. I don't doubt that, Dave. Always. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Okay, so five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the happy hour, Angus. Thank you, listeners, for joining in once again. Oh my lord, welcome to uh, welcome to the end of the season. Uh, unfortunately, uh, my name is David Ojay, and I'm at Metal Dave Zero One on the Twitter machine, and I'm joined by Veronica. Hello, I'm at C H I L E underscore Pepper on Twitter. Yes, she is, and Ashley. Hello, I am at. Allure, A-L-O-U-R on Twitter, and I'm joined, as always, by Angus. Angus. Angus is here. We share Twitter. Yeah. And then also Beth. Hello. I am at E-L-I-Z-A underscore B-E-T-H-A-N on the Twitter machine. And that's everybody. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone had a great day. Uh, It is Wednesday, uh, date being April the 11th. And uh, we're recording this while the uh, Golden Knights and the Kings are uh, going at it in uh, Las Vegas after that raucous um, intro that the Knights have that's kind of on par to medieval times. But uh, enough of that. (laughs) Let me get to the meat and potatoes of this week when it comes to the Habs. I, well, I had trouble thinking of what I wanted to say about this because it's it's deeply personal and it's... (laughs) And it's been troubling me. Don't laugh. And it's been troubling me for so, so long. And I, it took me a long time to get the uh, the gumption up to, to share it, number one, with, with the hosts uh, around uh, me. And uh, also all the listeners that will be listening in and such. And, again, thank you for the listeners for listening in. But I didn't realize it until watching the postmortem on Monday that, uh, whew, that uh, Mark Bergevin knows more about hockey than I do. What? And I just I had to say Wait, I, Dave, wait. Well, you let have, me you let me finish, account. right? This is this is really You have a Twitter account. Listen, this you is really hard for me. Account. I have to get through this. Okay? Just 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 give me some space here. And so I sat back and I was like, "Oh my god. I I might not be right in what I say." And because of that, I implore all Monday morning quarterbacks to acknowledge this and shape up a bit. And that's, there it is. So now uh, <laughs> let's talk about some Hab stuff. <laughs> uh, the uh, next thing I want to mention before we get to to the actual postmortem, um, we had some world championship news. Uh, Alexander Galchenyuk has decided not to go to world championships, and I don't recall the reason why. I think he just opted out for training personal training i think it was so i don't think that we know officially one way or the other if he opted out or if he was even invited or if he was even invited we just know that he's not going right right so yeah i think there i think the rumor was that he was not invited i think i did see something about that but the only thing i read was the official habs account saying that they confirmed he will not play and i don't think it was ever said one way or the other like why yeah. so he's not going like speculation so yeah he's not going which is too bad because i would have um you know i i, I would have liked to see uh chucky play on you know in different environments especially uh are surrounded by uh, united states players and would have been nice um granted with that being said a player that is going to the world championships is our very own jacob de la rose what i didn't know that yeah. oh yeah. yeah for yep seriously i'm not oh, hooray. oh that's so cool so it gives me a reason to tune in and see how sweden does maybe he's their first line center oh my god <laughs> i actually but, am really excited for him like that's no i am yeah without without any like hogwash or anything like that i think uh jacob dale rose had a really good uh end of the season and um yeah i want to see how much that will translate into the world championships 
agree. I think that the uh, his end of the season was great. I thought he showed a lot of sort of determination and at just, you know, good old fashioned skill mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, having some sort of confidence like at the end of that season, which is now over and dead and buried. But uh, yeah, no, he showed me a lot. I, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that, that that was one name that I wasn't expecting you to mention because I, as the last time I checked, nobody was going to the World Cup. Right, exactly. Or whatever it's called. And I want to add just a little bit more uh, to the JDLR uh, mythos in that um, through some of the games in March in particular, um, he was matched up against the top line in Pittsburgh being Sidney Crosby, and he gave mm-hmm. Crosby hell in those games. And so, you know, if you want to have somebody learn how to play their role as a center, who better to do it against than Sidney Crosby? And I thought he did just fine. Exactly. He became like a little plucky junior. It was kind of nice to see yeah, yeah. that emerging. And unfortunately, I think, um, I mean, the season was over anyway, but I think it did make losing plucky at the end of the season just a little bit easier, mm-hmm. knowing that he had kind of made that next step up, um, even though we'll get plucky back in the off season anyway, right. so it doesn't matter. Amen. Yeah, the, um, <laughs> and even further to that point, one of the reasons why, you know, plucky was dealt in the first place is that, you know, we have at least a little bit of a wiggle room in that regard at center, which, you know, people don't think that any, that any Habs can play center. But it looks like we have uh, Jacob De La Rose filling in the role that uh, Placanic would have been filling. And that's good. Yeah. And with a lot more, uh, sort of a, a many more years ahead of him. Mm-hmm. I'm really pleased for him. I had no When was this announced? Oh, it was, I think yesterday, was, I thought it was the same day that Chucky announced he wouldn't be going. Oh, okay. so maybe that was Tuesday. Yeah. It was yesterday. Oh, yes, it was Tuesday. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hockey's over. Time doesn't matter. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, for number one, we're recording on a Wednesday. I mean, that's weird. So <laughs> time is irrelevant to us currently. Um. So some more news, unless we have anything more about Delarose that we want to talk about. No, I'm good. Cool. All right. On to the next bit. Uh, We mentioned centers for a little bit, and one of our dear centers, Andrew Shaw, is getting knee surgery. Yeah, and he announced the other day at the postmortem as well that he actually was diagnosed with a concussion, which didn't come as uh, too much of a shock to anybody, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, he had an MCL situation. Uh, I believe that was the case, and more so to the concussion part is that he went to see a specialist about it and was cleared after, I think, like a few days, if I recall the news that came out of the Habs uh, correctly. But, um, yeah, apparently he was cleared, and then, yeah, then the uh, surgery announcement afterwards. But apparently he'll be ready for training camp, which is great. Good. We need everybody healthy. We do. We need absolutely yeah. everybody Uh so there's that. Uh, anything more about Shaw? Because I just wanted to mention that since... Uh, oh, I, I have something to say about Andrew Shaw. What do you have to say about Andrew Shaw? What did he do to you? First of all, Andrew, I love you. Second of all, oh um, I, <laughs> I was really, really happy about him being asked about uh, that that last hit, um, you know, his last hit delivered in a, a game plate for him because he was asked about the comments that Greg Patteron. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Made um, about his style of play, et cetera, et cetera. And he just said, you know what? I've always played this way and that's my style. And I got a couple of cups. I'm, I I don't know if that's wishful thinking that he actually said that, but in my mind he said that. He's anyway. He said, you know, I've had a lot of success, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, I've, it still sticks in my craw that uh, comment that Greg Greg Patteron made about Andrew uh, Shaw, and it was just so disrespectful and so just sort classless. of classless. Oh, and I. I, I think it was sort of unanimously received that way across the league. But, um, yeah, so that's what I was happy about, kind of saying, you know, I don't care what he says and whatever he says doesn't affect me and he can say whatever he wants, but I'm sort of glad that he addressed that. Agreed. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Me too. It reminds mm-hmm. me very much of the Patrick Waugh comments about his Stanley Cup rings being in his ears. So yep, I was hear. just thinking that. <laughs> just, exactly. I kind of. 
kind of really love it coming from someone on my team and kind yeah. of really hate it coming from someone on another team. <laughs> right. <laughs> but Andrew Shaw plays for my team, so it's wonderful. Absolutely. Uh, Beth, do you have anything on that? No, I just really enjoy Andrew Shaw as a human being, and I, I, I like that he um, can he's his comments prove that he has grown as a person, and mm. he um, like the, just the way he carries himself refutes a lot of the things that people who don't like him say about him. Like yes, like he's done some things like in the past that are regrettable, but. Um, I think that the things that he's done recently have um, not negated those things. Redeemed but him a bit. Redeemed him. Yes. Thank you. Well, and, and shown that he, sorry, shown that he really wanted to, um, to make amends for that and sort yes. of had a real realization that what he did was wrong and how, how it was hurtful and how his words impact other people and everything that he's done since I think has shown that he's on that road, that he wants to be a better person and, and, and do better by others and for himself as well. Which it's, it's funny that before this conversation started, I was going to say like, I have some controversial opinions about Andrew Shaw, but that controversial opinion is exactly what you guys are saying that I think he's done a lot of growth because of past mistakes that he has been, um, I don't want to say called out for, but has had to, like you say, redeem himself for. Um, but it's terrible that that has to be a controversial opinion that someone's learned from mistakes. Isn't that what our end goal should be? Um, and I just remember, I don't remember if it was this season or last season, where um, somebody took a little snippet of him in a penalty box yipping at a ref, because that's what all players do. This but season. the snippet they chose to take looked I like he had made the same mistake again. And it, very clearly, when you looked at the whole clip, he was not. But everybody chose to jump on him and be like, look, see, he's faking this ambassador to you can play stuff. He's just all for show. And I, I think it's terrible that everybody wants so much to hate this man who has done nothing but show that he is working to make those changes and grow and learn from mistakes. That, that should be something we're celebrating instead of constantly throwing that mistake back in his face when... Right. No, trying to move on that is and that, that was one of my that, favorite parts of the season honestly that that clip came out outrage happened and i was looking at the clip and i was i was enraged too i'm like geez shaw come on what are you doing here but then i was one of the guys among others as well that kind of looked at the clip and we were like hmm i don't remember this being in my lip reading class but I don't mm -hmm. think he's saying what people are thinking he's saying. And this touches on, and if I may continue about this for a second, my ooh, ooh, my rant meter's coming up right now. And just uh -huh. that. I'm ready. Oh, my God. <laughs> people that eviscerated Shaw about this, dragged him along to Coles, crucified him on the mountaintop over what he did not say in that game. Yes, he has a history of saying stupid crap during games and during the course of his life and his career with hockey. He's been trying to improve that fact that those people that did that on that night were, you can't get an apology out of these people. It's ridiculous. No. It is yeah. absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's churlish is the word. It's childish yes. as well. Yes. yes. And can um, I... rant off. Thank you, guys. Can I say that? that um, that maybe um, Shaw's attitude and attitude. Um, <laughs> and his being redeemed may have something to do with the fact that he's not on a certain team anymore. That's an interesting angle. Yeah, I don't know if we really want to get into that, but it's just. I think that's it's just an a big, interesting angle. It's a big part that he's on a team that has such good values and values. attitudes. And they represent my values. And yeah, I recall not getting a... Okay, never mind. I'm just going <laughs> to... On the Andrew thing, I will, I will never forget that I was out that day. I think I was out with my mom anyway. doesn't matter. Um, I got a DM, and it was from our own Ashley. And, it, you know, kind of oh, sort God, of... I can totally imagine what it said. It was <laughs> I, I won't quote it verbatim. However, it had something to do with, like, WTF, 
look at this and kind of like reaction that was going on around Twitter as you know to what Andrew allegedly said and Ashley and I you and I both we both were kind of like what it seemed like I like I thought there had to be another explanation like it wasn't necessarily that I couldn't read his lips but it's just like it just seemed so out of character for somebody who had you know put his hand up to be the ambassador for you you can play knowing the kind of uh, reaction that he was going to get out of Mm -hmm. the cynics in the Montreal market and and he did it anyway and sort of you know the words that he 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 used to sort of apologize for for what he had done and with the realization that the words how the words are taken and how they're hurtful and everything else it just seemed like it just seemed so weird to me and I did put a tweet out there saying that if he did say this you know too bad or whatever it's it, what a shame but it's it's if and Obviously, the person who put the clip out there did it maliciously and deliberately knowing how easy the prey is on, you know, social media and how, 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 but sort of the willingness and it was, it was almost kind of like Christmas for, for the people on social media that they, that they were able to jump on this and, and renew their, you know, sort of a monster going after low hanging fruit. Exactly. Exactly. It was the easiest God. thing to do, but it, it like, it, they just almost seemed to take joy and they were feeding off each other. And it was just sort of a really embarrassing Piranhas. day as a Habsan. Yeah, it's, a mal- sure. it's this malignant cloud of gossipy crap that it doesn't is. have to exist because it didn't freaking happen. It didn't even happen. <laughs> and I'm so glad that he never oh. even addressed it at all mm-hmm. yeah, good because for he him. knows he knows who he is and he knows what he's trying to do and he knows that he's trying to be a better person and right. and and sort of be more responsible for what he says out there and that was just like yeah mm-hmm. but the fact that nobody apologized yeah nobody dragging his character through the no. mud well he once said this a couple of years ago so that gives me free license to yeah, say whatever that gives me i want free to license to be a complete right. asshole done yeah right okay live your life like right. that for the rest of your days and enjoy it yeah. while nice nobody else around nice. you does except the what same nice people life. anyway anyway so um on that note good uh, luck with your surgery Andrew. Yeah, Andrew. Yes. Uh, good luck with everything. Oh, and, and, your, we'll and your new you. baby coming. And your new baby. baby. Did you see that? Did you see that Angela Price helped with the baby shower? Oh, <gasps> no. my God. Yes, it was because magnificent. I follow her Instagram. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was so cute. All those balloons. Labor of love, which probably took like three hours. The poor yeah. girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, and further to that, um, Andrew, choice toilet paper. Excellent job with that. And um, I also want to explain uh, just uh, kind of to wrap the whole gift up. People that don't know about what we're talking about. <laughs> Andrew Shaw had a history of an event where he made a homophobic slur while going to the penalty box. This was with the Habs, I think. Two three years mm-hmm. ago, he no, did this... it was with Chicago. Oh, I'm it was, sorry. It was it was with Chicago. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. My apologies. Um, he did the same thing again recently. Allegedly, did the same thing re- recently, and people want to, you know, just pile on Shaw for that uh, because he's been doing the uh, ambassador for um, specifically what is it? You can play the the you. Can he's play. Uh, he's the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, you can play ambassador, and him doing that would have been bad, but it didn't happen, and he didn't do it. So that's the point. And now he was complaining settled. about something being not effing fair. And you know what? It wasn't. Yeah, it's not freaking fair. <laughs> it wasn't effing fair what happened mm-hmm. to him and put him in that box. But it was yeah. just like, yeah, it was ooh, yep. really embarrassing. It really it is. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, good luck with the uh, surgery there, uh, Andrew Shaw. We can't wait for you to be back in the lineup. Next up, since we have, oh, actually, let me flip my notes here. Um, Brandon Gallagher, uh, Biosteel performer, Biosteel performer of the week for the last week of play, Woo! it seems, which is very good. I think it was what to two goal or one goal to assist, perhaps. Good for him. Gallagher has been an incredible player throughout the entire season. He's been our shining star. Exactly. I was just gonna say those exact words. <laughs> Absolutely. Shining star of the whole season. Yeah. Now with um all the people that we had out, uh, for example, we had Dano out, Shaw out, Patches out. Uh, Weber out, etc. The Habs 
got themselves some new blood on post-mortem day in Jake Evans, the former, now former captain of the uh, Fighting Irish uh, down in whatever school it is that he plays for, Notre Dame. So that's a very, very exciting. I mean, people have been waiting for that to happen for, it feels like months, or at least until uh, ever since the, uh, the tournament started and people got to get a real look at what Jake Evans can do. Is he going to fix the complete problem with the Canadians at, uh, at center? <laughs> Probably not. He and, he and Mark Bergevin have meetings. But he, Didn't you know? Oh, did they? I, I no, think no, the I'm big... just being facetious. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the big waiting was because they had to sign him by this summer. Otherwise, yeah. they were going to lose his rights. And then all of a sudden, his team is going far into this championship, farther than expected. Mm-hmm. But it sure looks like he's about to be another seventh round steal from oh, Trevor Timmons. So that's in- incredible pretty point. cool. Again, another aspect of this whole, you know, dawning on me that I don't know all that much about hockey and apparently the management's good at their freaking job. So <laughs> but yeah, Jake Evans, seventh round pick, and uh he's gonna be, I think, and I hope that, you know, I'm not being crazy and saying this, probably a good fourth or third line center for the Habs, but like a strong one, a sure one, and will definitely be an excellent player for uh, Rocket de Laval. We're going to be rolling deep. That's the goal. Yes. That's the goal. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, those are kind of the uh, random news I had. I guess we can now start talking about the post-mortem uh, let's see. I think the first thing that I would like to uh, address would be, and I don't like name calling, but people, but everyone knows what I'm going to talk about when I say it. And you know, somebody has to say, "What is the Moldy plan?" You know, mm. what is the goddamn plan? So disrespectful! Plan? What a piece so of trash that person is, and whatever. It, what, what, what's his name there? Uh, Francois Gagnon, right? Francois Gagnon. Yeah. Um, I will so fight I have you. something to say. I, Name a time. I, uh, I'm there. Sorry. Can I break in? <clears throat> I'm done. On Francois Gagnon. I actually really like him. Um, ah. I think he's, I know. No, no, I think he's really smart. I think his analysis is super thoughtful and really bang on. Um, I think that so that day it really pissed me off because it was really unprofessional and it's like you're you're there as a reporter you're there to get the story you're not there to sort of play the role of the fan even though you might consider yourself the the as we said the last time the conduit to the fan um i think that at the moment he was you know just really passionate and just sort of genuinely curious like what is the Modi plan, but um, it was, I do agree, super unprofessional. And it's just like, you're not there to insult the man. You're there to get the story. You're there to ask your questions and you're not there to swear at him in public. So that what that left me less than impressed. But um, in the past, I, I've really appreciated his analysis and I think that it's delivered um, sort of really wisely and and with a lot of thought and he's not one of these typical knee-jerk sort of stubborn tantrumy dig your heels in kind of um jerks which abound like are abundant in montreal i actually really like him but and when he did that i was super kind of surprised and unimpressed I think that's why it maybe was more jarring than it would have been otherwise because it seemed so unexpected from him mm-hmm. where I might have expected it from a couple of other people. Totally. Um, and I mean, I, I get it, right. I'm sure you don't get into this job without being passionate about this sport for one reason or another. And so after a season like this, that's gone fairly spectacularly badly. I, I get how that frustration is going to, and that passion is going to spill over a little bit, but I still think, at the end of the day, like you're a professional, you need to hold that in a little bit. There's a time and there's a place and it's not in the end of the season press conference in front of thousands of people listening in and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I I generally don't have any problems with him, but I, this one really rubbed me the wrong way. 
And again, the reason that I give him a pass, quote unquote, is because I don't think that he does it to insert himself into the story and make himself into the, you know, like he's not there to d- deliver a five minute speech and and be, you know, one of the characters in the press conference. I think it's, it, you know, I honestly think it, at the time it just came out like they were sitting at a bar over a couple of beers and he probably regrets it. I mean, I would hope he regrets it, but I, I'm going to forgive him. Uh, but yeah, I, that was lame. Agreed. And I said all that I wanted to say about it. Just very, very <laughs> unprofessional. And um, I just, it blew me away. I heard it in French and I was like, wait a second. No, you can't yeah. do that. And there it was. I was like, geez, come on, guys. Oh, man. Um, so there's that. I, and, I, and I'm going to skip around a little bit with the postmortem. Did somebody have something? I did just have one quick thing sure. um, because as you guys know, I really only got snippets of the postmortem. So I don't know everything that was said, but I think one of the highlights for me was um, Mark Bergevin just, I think the exact quote was, I can't bat a thousand. Um, and I just kind of loved hearing that come from his mouth in his own defense to these people that sit here and criticize every single move that he makes under a microscope because he can't bad a thousand and everyone in that room now has the benefit of hindsight as does he and i'm sure there are some moves he would choose to do differently now that he sees how they've gone but every move he makes is basically like a gamble and he's an educated gamble sure but um in the end really just a gamble and so the fact that every single move gets so um analyzed and scrutinized and all those other eyes words it just (laughs) (laughs) I just I was really happy to hear him kind of it sounded a little snippy granted but glad to hear him defend himself with that like like lay off me I'm doing my best with what I've got here and I'm not gonna be perfect because it's impossible you guys try controlling these crazy kids I mean, I wouldn't be able to. My God, can you imagine that? If they if they made like a Big Brother of just the Habs team, oh my God, I couldn't even imagine. What would Nicholas Delorier do, for instance? I don't know. I don't know. He'd throw a fridge out a window. I don't know. That's what I expect. He would be awesome. He would be awesome. Okay, oh my but God. can he you would imagine really, really like awesome. Lekkonen having to vote somebody out? He would be so sad. He'd, be like, He'd vote I feel himself. So terrible. No, he'd just be smiling the entire time. <laughs> it's like I'm sorry, guys. Smile, smile. Um, speaking of Big Brother, I just want to put this thing in. Like, I have talked for years about wanting there to be a goalie Big Brother. Because I feel like that would be insane. Anyway, It would just be individual goalies in their own rooms doing weird things. It wouldn't be that interesting. Uh, that sounds fascinating. Like, that sounds we'll like go to this Peaks, room. honestly. Oh, Dubnik is spinning plates on sticks. <laughs> and then... Fascinating. It just... Carrie Price, not Carrie Price, um, <clears throat> Braden Holtby doing his back and forth eye thing. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but Liv Price was doing it the other night. <laughs> yeah, someone get her mouth off the place where people put their beer. Oh my god, I saw that. I was like, no, Liv, Angela, you're right there. No! Kids need germs. Such a mom. Oh my yeah, kids need germs to build healthy immune systems. Exactly. As a mom myself, when my kids were little, if I heard about somebody that had a cold or whatever, I'd be like, bring them over, play date, get them around my kids. You are the and opposite. Build up their immune system. Of all mothers. <laughs> when my mom. No, that's what my mom did. When my yeah, mom. Totally. Oh my God. When my mom hears that like a kid doesn't have a hat on in the fall she's like get a cap on that kid are you crazy <laughs> you know <laughs> oh, but God. result my kids have never had a legitimate sick day like ever from school are like they always you... like ew mom yeah, yeah. my tummy and you know whatever and i'll be like what all right let's but, backtrack um, yeah. a little bit on that anyway <laughs> no, no no let's backtrack a little bit are you saying you purposely let your kids play hooky um, sometimes need a mental I'm, health day. I was just gonna say mental health days are just as important as sick days. Listening, I'm not responsible for my own words right now, but yeah. So what? sometimes if they if they just don't <laughs> feel it, I'm with them. Huh. Okay. You know, I because could... 
they've never had a legitimate sick day where they've actually been so sick that they've had to stay home from school again school district 43 please i hope you're not listening but um yeah so if they're not feeling it i've had those days too you know all right well you know who's had a lot of sick days this year is the habs that mm. is true the most of yeah, any team i think a lot of sick days this year yeah i actually think that's an actual stat that i can't cite off the top of my head and that um the habs were the most injured day wise of all the teams in the nhl for like and i think that happened for like the second time in like the past five years or something like that it, it feels like that was a statistic as well at some point before um and if we're gonna backtrack a bit can we i had a comment about the postmortem as well uh-huh Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so this is a podcast about the Habs and the postmortem today, at least. Uh, um, I will backtrack front track for a second and just say that I could say a lot of things about skipping school, but I'm not going to. So there. Now let's talk about the postmortem. Um, so going back to the postmortem and the comments like Mark Bridgevan saying, you know, if you expect me to bat, bat a thousand, I'm not going to bat a thousand. He said that previously, and it's a really good saying. I mean, even if it's a cliche, cliches become cliches because they're true. So um, he was uh, backtracking even more, you know, for weeks and even months leading up to this postmortem when it became evident that the Habs weren't going to be in the playoffs and we were going to be having a postmortem a lot earlier than expected or, you know, sort of hoped for um, the, 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 the talk around the water cooler and around the social media circles and the media circles and everything else was that, oh, so all we're going to get this year is Shea Weber was injured and Kerry Price was injured and we had injuries and blah, blah, blah. And that we're going to blame the whole um, uh, season's failures on the injuries that we had to our roster. And that's what we're going to get at this postmortem. And you know what? That's exactly what we didn't get at this postmortem. So it was almost kind of an afterthought, like, you know, and yes, the fact that Shea Weber only played 20 odd games and um, Carey Price got off to a bad start, that played a factor. But um, the, the, the sort of the oft repeated word in the, in the postmortem was the word attitude and attitude is a real thing, but you know, because they couldn't say, oh, my God, I told you that they were going to blame the injuries. They had to shift focus to this word attitude. But the interesting phenomenon that I heard um, in the past couple of days since the postmortem is when you're talking about the word attitude, specifically on the radio, which is where I was listening to it, is um, players who played the game at a uh, professional level agree with that they think it's a thing yes um and the ones who have not played at a professional level or probably much less than a professional level don't understand it but the players get it it's um yes that's totally right and um ashley you had something on that just sort of going along with that i totally agree that i mean you guys know i've been banging this drum for a lot of years now that the mental aspect of professional sports is way bigger than i think anybody gives it credit for um i thought corsi was all that mattered (laughs) but i do i do think that there is a little bit of um the fact that i know they talked about this attitude from the start of the season wasn't good in that room and i think and you guys know how much I love this team and deeply love every single player on it, but they were not a good team even from the start. And I think that as a player, you sit in that locker room the first few games and look around and know as a group that maybe you just don't have what it takes to make it through this season to the ultimate goal that you want. You're almost defeated before you even start. Whether that's true or not, as long as you think that, then it's going to be true. And so I think that the whole people made a big deal about Bergevin talking about the poor attitude versus maybe your players just aren't good enough. But I really think that in the whole attitude versus talent debate, one begets the other. You're going to you're going to have that bad attitude if you feel like you don't have the talent. And that's all they constantly hear is they don't have the talent. And I mean, to be fair, a lot of them were playing way above their depth for the majority of their season. So 
even if you are talented, now you feel even less talented than maybe you are because you're playing out of your element. And so then that attitude just becomes worse and worse and worse. And it just kind of snowballs into this thing. And you end up exactly where we are at the bottom of the league waiting for the draft lottery. So that's my take on it. I think you can't discount one or the other. And I think Mark Burvish, Mark Burvish, oh my gosh, can't even say his name. Mark Burvish, <laughs> never going to sit there and say, we're not a good enough group. We don't have enough talent. These people are too bad. And I, that kind of thing. He's not going to sit there and throw his own players under the bus. And so, so he chose to go with the attitude word, which I don't think is wrong, but I think also kind of talks around what some of the other points maybe are. And another part of that, that I think is probably worth um, considering is that it's not necessarily okay. So I am playing out of my depth and I don't have this level of talent and everybody's telling me that I don't have this level of talent. Well, also your attitude affects whether you're going to defy that and go Mm -hmm. out there balls out anyway, you know? So it's just sort of, it, it just kind of became this, like it apparently became this circle, you know, of sort of, you know, it's um everything feeding off each other, but yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, your attitude could change how you're going to respond to that sort of, you know, challenge, you know, Oh, you say I'm not good enough. You say we're not good enough. Like if you don't have the attitude to go out there and defy that, the Brendan it's Gallagher not going to work. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, more so to that point, um, in that uh, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy after a while. Yes. If people don't believe, That's the word. Yeah, if people don't, um, if, if people don't rise above that, I mean, that's just going to keep them down for an entire season as is. And the thing with a, with a sports team, I mean, that's 28 people that have to have that sort of mental fortitude at all times. And with this particular team this season, I don't think it was there. Uh, they had big players in the room not performing. Weber out, uh, Carey Price not playing as well as he could, and then him being out as well. Um you know, didn't really uh, foster that. So there was, um, I would want to say, uh, lack of leadership, at least in that regard, only in so far as with Carey Price, because with Carey Price in the room at the top of his game, it's a completely different team on all fronts. Absolutely. And that wasn't quite there. Um, Beth, do you have anything uh, you want to add to that? Because I have some things to say about attitude as well, but I wanted to see if you had anything to chip in. Um, just that, like Veronica said, I think it was, no, it was Ashley, uh, sorry, um, about how a lot of people were saying before the post-mortem came out that, um, they expected to hear a lot about, um, injuries. Was that Ash? Was it you, Ashley? No, it was Veronica. It was Veronica. Okay. And, um, Mark and Jeff did comment on that. They did comment on the amount of injuries, but they but it's not what they they laid the blame on that they did talk about the attitude and how they weren't on the same page they weren't on the they weren't um in the same mindset and um just that i i liked that i liked that they they didn't give the naysayers any more fuel for their fires <laughs> except they gave them a new buzzword <laughs> attitude yeah. well at least yeah. foxhole is gone but, yeah, well, I mean, but they've been ta- also they've been talking about attitude since 2016, um, and we just called it character then. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's a it's, but it's a the same thing. Exactly. It's a synonym, and we know what they mean, and we're not going to have any of it, and we're just going to carry on doing what we're doing. And it's important. Like, I mean, I apologize to bring baseball back into this, but oh um, my god. <laughs> but Alex Anthopoulos, when he was building the Blue Jays in 2014, had this all-star team, and they were garbage. I might have the years wrong. But then something clicked, and he realized that that team chemistry and that attitude and that character is equally as important as the talent you're putting out on the field or on the ice. And so he built a different team, and they were much more successful when they had that cohesive group. And I just think that he was so obvious about what he felt was this method of success that why is everybody in hockey discounting this? It's an important thing. You are around these guys 
for your like you spend more time with them than you do with your family Mm -hmm. and so it's important the way you get along it's important what everybody's attitude is and it does affect everybody on that team so i don't understand why it just keeps getting discounted right when everybody analyzes it it. it's getting discounted in in this situation because of the um big moves that mark bergevin made in 2016 uh quote unquote, according to the commentariat to bring in more character and add character and character doesn't, you know, score goals. And it's just sort of this word that uh, serves to enrage people instead of, you know, get people thinking about, you know, and considering the things that might fall into the equation. But so people are super pissed off about that. But um, you know, obviously attitude does not a team make and it would be great to have you know, attitude and talent. I do happen to think that there is a lot more talent on this team than uh, people give it credit for. But um, again, attitude kind of starts at the top and with the, um, you know, sort of less than stellar start that we had in goal at the beginning of the year, that might have just sort of all, what's the word in English? I can't think of it, sort of, careened from there but um there's uh, another aspect of the of the postmortem that i find is sort of under commented and that's that every chance that um jeff molson got he talked about change coming and he's not talking about he's not talking out of his ass like he is talking about something that he knows for a fact is going to happen. There's going to be a lot of change and it's going to be better. And this, these aren't like empty promises that he's making. He's emphatic on this point. Um, I re-listened to the postmortem today on my drive home, which is a very long commute. And I paid very close attention to all of the words that were spoken. And he is talking about a change coming. And this is not something that he would say to the Montreal, to the Montreal fans lightly. And if he wasn't sure, so I'm just like I'm a little bit quaking in my boots. What is going to happen? <laughs> I'm a little bit scared about who we're going to see going out the door, and I am fascinated to see what is coming. But he he repeated that often. And then when um, yes. Bergevin was on yesterday with Melnick as well, he's like, "I'm going to fix. It's for me to fix, and I'm going to fix it. Like period, full stop." That's right. And something is coming, and it's going to be big change. Do you want to know what my prediction is? Oh, I wonder. Yes. I have a guess. I think next year, I think Claude will be back. I think Kirk will be back. I think Stefan Waite will be back. And I think that's it from the coaching staff in Montreal and in Laval. That's my guess. Full sweep. Oh, yeah. Full sweep in Laval, too. I don't know which one of the guys aside from uh, Lefebvre down there. Which uh, man, I he's had so. he's had a rough go too. I mean, the one thing with um, the AHL team, and I'm kind of, I, I have a bunch of things I want to mention. But first, I'll address this. Uh, man, with Laval, that team's only as good as the players on it, and their entire team is with the Habs practically at the moment. <laughs> you know, so it's like you can't blame Sylvan completely. Now, with that being said, if anyone heard me say that in Montreal, I would probably be tossed, you know, into the, you know, the, the St. Lawrence, mm-hmm. you know, right. But, um, because as is, yeah, Lafave, he has, um, not the greatest record. I mean, the past five years, they made the playoffs once and that's like, oof. and they've had, you know, they've had names in on the rocket and uh, the ice caps that, you know, one would expect would have uh, done well, but that hasn't been the case. So I agree uh, with Ashley in that regard that the coaching staff is going to be seeing some serious uh, upheaval in the offseason. I think Claude needs his own guys. I think they need everybody on the same page right from the start. And I think working with um, a staff that was already there and just plopping him right in the middle isn't working. And I think they're just going to – I think he's going to bring in his own team. I think Kirk's there to stay, obviously. Um, and I don't think there's any reason to get rid of weight. But uh, I think I think Claude's going to bring in his own guys and – go from there right right it's always been fascinating to me that nothing happened to the coaching staff mm-hmm. yeah after he walked in that was really something for me because uh, that's his call right 
he I probably think it worked. He probably wanted to see what would happen. I mean, uh, uh, one would have to expect uh, when when Claude came in, he had the half season, and there was a uh, JJ was there. Um, I always blank on the other guy's name. That's not Kirk. Danielle. Uh, yes. Dan Lacroix. Yeah, yeah, Lacroix. Uh, so JJ and Lacroix, uh, they know the boys, right? And Claude did not know the boys. So he kept them on, kept them on for this season. Things still not working. Uh, might have to change who's overseeing things. So that's that. Now, unless we have anything else to mention, I have some. I have some points to catch up on that have been mentioned. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um. So character. It's it's as if people seem to forget that Jean Beliveau was on the Canadien de Montréal, and he was one of the most char- character-driven people on the planet and also one hell of a player. So the mm-hmm. whole idea that the Habs don't need character is ridiculous. We want to always look for character. We want to look for skill on top of character, and that's like asking for, like, we want 10, 10, 10 out of 10 players all the time. That would be super great, and if we're looking for that type of stuff all the time, I welcome it. So mm-hmm. there with that. Um, mm-hmm. Now on to the postmortem and the attitude bit, um, which I did mention before, but I wanted to mention specifics. <clears throat> oh, jeez, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. <laughs> uh, mention specifics um, at that uh, when we mentioned the, that the players mentioned it as well, and for some reason that whole aspect of the conversation is not mentioned. People want to drag Bergevin through the coals as always, but not the players that had spoken about this previously. In particular, I looked up dates and names. In particular, uh, Paul Byron on uh, yes. 3.30, he mentioned, hey, in French, mind you, he did mention, but he mentioned it that, um, uh, yeah, players aren't giving 100%. You know, we're on contract to play 82 games, not, mm-hmm. you know, 75, 76. You know, he mentioned it like that. And, you know, people made a deal about that, and rightly they should, because hearing that from a player in the locker room, that's mm-hmm. not nothing. You know what I mean? So there's that aspect. And then at the locker cleanup uh, before the postmortem, uh, Philip Deneau had mentioned that, mm-hmm. yeah, the feeling wasn't there at training camp. And I was like, whoa. So, you know, I know we kind of touched on this earlier uh, in, in this episode. But, man, when I heard that from Philip Deneau about uh, people not confident in the team during training camp, I was like, oh, brother, that's something else. I didn't realize, Veron- you know, things were that bad. Veronica, I think that speaks to the point that you've made, and I can't recall whether it was on last week's podcast or just in conversation about this being a lost year from the start and them them knowing that. Mm-hmm. I just wonder and how pervasive that feeling really was, if that's the way they felt. And Bergevin said it at the, at the postmortem as well, from day one. From day one. Right. This yep. attitude was existent. And you have to think, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. And why? We're never going to know precisely because he he has been sort of unequivocally uh, emphatic in that he's not going to be throwing anybody under the bus or naming names like Carl Alsner, everybody's favorite punching bag oh, yeah. in Montreal. The entire he, postmortem practically and the Melnick interview as well. What a. Mm. Yeah, he's it, it's sort of really popular to pile on that guy who I think is a really good guy and I don't think we've mm-hmm. seen the best out of him. But um, and- so. I'm sorry, as Ashley had mentioned, is playing above his element, apparently, as well. Uh, expected to be first or second pairing when, really, he should be playing third pairing. Because whenever he played with Juleson on the third pairing, wow, it was a good pairing. But, you know, what can you do? Yeah, totally. And it's totally fair to to um, blame the GM as well for everybody playing out of their depth because he didn't get the, the players for the proper position. But... You know, and, and and it is really fun to make fun of all of the centers that have been traded in the NHL to date. But, you know, I don't I, I don't understand why in Montreal, how in Montreal they expect um, or speaking about the fan base and the media to get everything that they want, because on the one hand, they want to get all of those players that were traded that Montreal missed out on, you know, quote unquote, on the second hand, you know, they only want the top notch players, 
you know what I mean? Like they're they're trying to get these 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 things to plug these players or these pieces to plug these different holes. But if they're not going to be, you know, a sort of viable long term sort of fix, I understand what what Bergevin's always saying about not mortgaging the future and you know the cap space that he was asked about in the postmortem as well. And he and uh, uh, Jeff Molson both said, you know, we're not going to spend money for for the sake of spending money. Like, it reminds me of my kids. Like, we've got that money sitting there. Let's spend it. I'm like, no, we, like, well, let's save it. (laughs) And you can't do the same with a hockey team unless you are looking at a hockey team that at the beginning of the season, you're like, uh, we could waste this money, but it's not going to help us and it's not going to get us to the promised land. So how about we put our faith in these players to see what they can do this year? You know, they might not be able to contend for a Stanley Cup, but, you know, it, it's such a sort of magical combination of things that's going to get you a Stanley Cup. And uh, I, I can't see anybody looking at the team at the beginning of the year, minus uh, Markov and Radulov and sort of what was available out there and saying we're going to get to the promised land at the end of this year. And so it's just one of those things that you just have to accept. And ideally, everybody go, would go out there and play their asses off like they had no idea that they had no business contending for a Stanley Cup. And that's where the attitude comes in. It didn't happen. Right. And I love those guys like they're my own children, but that's just what it is. And so to echo Jeff Molson again from the postmortem talking about how, you know, change is coming, folks. So there's going to be major shakeup and it's not just it's not just in the coaching staff. There's going to be lots of stuff happening. And, um, you know, I think that you get your all of your preliminary plans in place but what's going to happen because you know by virtue of where they ended up in the standings they're going to have to wait till april 28 to see where they pick yep that's and right. then start mm-hmm. implementing the rest of the plan and carrying through and holy shit it is going to be exciting yes, it <laughs> and is. scary and i'm a little bit nervous but um yeah that's what's happening for sure. And unfortunately, because of that, um, it's going to be a slow uh, month this month uh, when it comes to uh, news and uh, getting episode stuff up. So, But we'll, you know, we'll still keep it entertaining as is. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I have we many thoughts. Many <laughs> thoughts. Um, is there anything else on what Veronica said we want to mention? I have uh, like two or three things different that I want to mention about the postmortem. But does anyone have anything to say? Ashley Beth, what's up? About the postmortem? Uh, mostly about what Veronica said, but anything in general. How are you feeling? I agree. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> oh, wait, is it my turn I mean, then? Well, no, yeah, Veronica if, said if basically the rant, things that I, I had to say. Oh. So. I'm going to take Dave's cue and have a little bit of a rant, but one of the few snippets I did hear was them asking about Galchenyuk at center. Thank you. And I oh, my threw, God. That was I almost my threw next. Angus across the room. <gasps> I was like, how are you even saying this again? Like, just let it go. Somebody Let's predicted all sing Frozen this. together. Oh it's ridiculous. Lord. We should get T-shirts. <laughs> the worst part is, this is a Hashtag team that is... Enough. <laughs> They're begging for goals. And you know who can give you goals? A Galchenyuk at wing who's not worried about the defensive responsibilities of a center. Mm-hmm. That's who can mm-hmm. give you goals. Put him on his right on his proper wing and let him go. Just let him do his thing. And shut the hell up about everything else. Yeah. Let him give you goals. The end. Okay, I'm done. I'm we, not ever mentioning Galchenyuk at center again. We had mentioned uh, this in passing, I think, uh, in the last episode, because uh, I remember saying that, for for the love of God, in the last like third of the season, Chucky has been a force on the wing, just playing playing very well. Again, actually, with Jacob Delarose, you know, and um, who completed the line on the other wing? Was it Logan Shaw? I have no idea. They changed around so much. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's it was true. It's very but, blundered. But I recall uh, JDLR and uh, Chucky uh, being on line together and looking damn good. 
So <laughs> that was you know, fine. Um, I will say I, I made... I made two notes of the in the whole postmortem, and this one says Chucky at C dash. Just let the kid fucking score. Bam. That was that was my actual written note. I love it. So now Good. <laughs> That's fair. Absolutely fair. So that was actually one of the things I wanted to mention. And then the last thing I wanted to mention, and again, unfortunately, it's another rip at the uh, the media, but ah, uh, God, I don't understand what it is about certain Italians, but Tony Marinero. <laughs> <laughs> asks Mark Bergevin, hey, could you sell yourself to the fans for us? Like, <clears throat> no. 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 Why? Like, what? In, That's not in, his job. In what other team, in what other sport, on what goddamn planet does somebody ask someone to sell themselves to the fans? Like, in what's, Montreal, what's the point? That's... In Montreal, the point is the sort of... The, the... That's a rhetorical question. Oh, no, okay, totally. Okay, so <laughs> I, I won't answer, so we all know. I don't, that just goes... That my thing is that, like, okay, so unless the Montreal Canadiens murder a member of my family, or murder anyone, if, if, if the well, organization murders somebody... Oh, God. No, listen, 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 listen. Hey, this is my comment, Dave. Your turn. If they murder somebody, if Fine. they do something like overtly racist or yeah. something equally terrible, then that will make me not be a fan of the team anymore. But win, lose, or tie, have fan until I die. Like cliche as it is, like I'm here whether we win or lose. I'm here what if we don't win another cup, God forbid, if we don't win another cup for 50 years, I'm still gonna be a Habs fan, I'm gonna be buried in my my sweater. Thank like, you, whoever knocked on wood. That was me. Oh, Good thank time. you. Um, <laughs> like, I just, I don't need to be sold on this organization. I don't need to be sold on this hockey team. I don't need to be sold on this sport. I'm in love with this team. I'm in love with this sport. And I'm excited to see what the future holds. You don't know what's going to happen with your team from year to year. There are seven teams in that were in the playoffs last year that aren't in the playoffs this year. There are teams that were in the bottom of the standings last year that are in the playoffs this year. That could be the Canadians next season. You never know. Mm-hmm. So... You should. Nobody should be asking anybody to sell themselves to the fans, to sell the team to the fans. That's just ridiculous, and that makes you sound like you don't know what you're doing and that you don't understand the fans of a sport. Are you saying that you don't have one of the crystal balls that were handed out at the beginning of the season? I do not. I was. I. It was not uh, so lucky. Well, all right. I got enough uh, club uh, 1909 <laughs> points to get one of those, so oh, I'll. Uh, nice. I'll hook you up next time. The lineup well, of those giveaways. I'm tired are of putting in my putting my the codes in. And it might to do it on the must internet. be nice to have the profession where you sit back and after everything has happened, you can say how everything went wrong and why it went wrong, and and you know uh, you're not getting paid to put the product on the ice or you know put together the strategy and all all your job is to is to criticize it. But the reason that um, he's being asked to sell himself to the fans is because it's it's part of the sort of the Montreal culture and the Montreal media to campaign against uh, the GM and the coach and the team and the players. And it happens every year. It happens in a 110 point season. It happens when, um, you know, they win the division. It happens at all times. And so now he's being asked to sell, to sell himself to the fans after he's been given the vote of confidence by his owner that he's going to be sticking around and he's going to be the one to fix the problem. It's like, why do I have to sell myself to the fans? You know, and it's it's just kind of insulting and it's just kind of like, you know, bringing him down to the level of the media and I just don't like it. Yeah. I mean, as you say, the only reason he has to sell himself to the fans or in quote unquote has to is because the media has just spent 82 games tearing him down piece by piece. Mm-hmm. And so, A, as entitled as we feel we are as fans, we are entitled to nothing. We are, quote unquote again, owed 82 hockey games a year. And that's mm-hmm. it. I, they have vowed this new transparency thing, which I think is wonderful and brave on their parts, but it's not needed. I don't, I'm not a part of this 
organization. I no. do not require all of your information. As you say, Molson, I trust you as an owner. You have chosen this person to lead your team. And so as a fan of that team, I will support whoever in that role. Beyond that, I am not, I don't need to know those kind of things. And I appreciate that media is there to, as you say, analyze and kind of criticize sort of um, what has happened, what has worked, what has not. But it doesn't have to be to the detriment of people. It can be more like, well, this didn't work. So what are some other options going forward? Not, man, this person's an idiot. Look how terrible he is. Mm -hmm. There are different ways to approach literally the exact same thing. And I just, it's, it's snowballed into this giant volcano of negativity that just is erupting and it's upsetting. And this is, I can't, I can't even read half the media anymore because I just disagree. I don't necessarily disagree with the, the bulk of their information, but it's the way they choose to present it and attack. It's exhausting. It is. I think the word that you were. It's kind of like the. Sorry. Go ahead, Dave. I want to speak now. I think the word that you were looking for, uh, Ashley, was a Pompeii. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It's what's happening. It's yeah. definitely what's happening. The Vesuvian media has laid waste to <laughs> the city of Montreal in an ash cloud of negativity, woe, and slander. I will Look go at as you. far to say. Um, actually, can I say something? You may. Just how, wait. Just have... one. Uh, quick, 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 quick. No. Okay. We are... <laughs> the only thing is that. What? <laughs> I'm not done yet. Oh, I thought you were going to tell us that we're done. I was actually. We have. <laughs> we're we're out of time. But uh, what do you want to say, please? The really quick thing is oh, yeah. that uh, uh, the media, save for one or two individuals, are going to really have to do a big job in winning me back because it has come to the point where it's like the the if the tree falls in the woods but nobody's around to hear it doesn't make a noise. Like yes, there's still a hockey game if the media isn't reporting about it. So. I'm going to be focusing on the players and the hockey games and the product and what's going on and what the Habs are telling me, which I don't expect them to tell me anything, quite frankly. But if the media uh, continue on this path, which I realize they have to get their ratings and everything else, but you can still do it. You would get me. You would get my ratings by 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 being uh, thoughtful and uh, interesting rather than just constantly, you know, sort of appealing and 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 taking the lowest hanging fruit, as you said, Dave. But, you know, it's it's come to the point where the media equates themselves with with um, what's happening on the ice. And it's just not true. It's not true. Period. Full stop. For sure. It's like yeah. when they, people complain about baseball. Sorry about baseball. About baseball being an up show. The media have tried to make it about themselves. We didn't come here to watch you. We came here to watch us. Um, mm-hmm. Is your mic blocked, Ashley? Yeah, what's going on there? I don't know. What is you going on? You sound like me last There we go. <laughs> yeah, now you sound I normal. I didn't move. That's weird. Huh. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, oh, we are um, out of time. And now, uh, I guess we will now do our favorite things from the week. So, uh, I'm going to start off with Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Ashley. Oh, you missed me this week. Okay, I have... Things. One second. Um, you sound far away again. I'm not moving. I don't know what's going on. Can you try wiggling the plug for the phone? Yeah, that sounded like it worked. Okay. You're back. Are we good? Okay, I will not move. I won't even breathe. Um, <laughs> Angus was retweeted by the Habs today wearing his Yay. Habs jersey, and he's also on their Instagram, so go check it out and give Angus some love. That was one of them. Um, and the other one, honestly, like I said, Mark Bergman got a little bit snippy, I thought, in the postmortem, and I just loved it. Defend yourself, Mark. You deserve it. No one else is probably going to do it for you at this point, so <laughs> go for it. That was all. Who's next? Beth. Um, uh, watching Barrett uh, Petrie show off his stick handling skills on Julie Petrie's Twitter today. Oh, that man. was adorable. That was He's 11 so months old. Surprising. And already These just boys handling. Oh seriously, got to watch out seriously. for that. Seriously. His handling skills are pretty great. So cute. Mm-hmm. So now I will leave it to Veronica. Uh, oh, sh- I've got a couple. 
Um, I'm, I'm torn Again. between, I know I'm, it's bad. I'm torn between, um, Bergevin's hit yesterday with Melnick in the afternoon. Uh, I loved it. Uh, it was a little bit confrontational, but you know what? I thought it was great radio. Um, he was up there and he was defiant and he was, you know, he, he brought the fire and Melnick wasn't sort of, uh, throwing him any softballs, and I, I, I thought it was great radio, and I, I, I kind of thought it was a great coming together and perhaps a healing and perhaps a sign of things to come, and I might be overly optimistic in that regard. And my second thing was Andrew Shaw calling out Greg Patteron <laughs> for his lame comments. And, uh, yeah, Greg Patteron is not in the playoffs either. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, 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 wait! There's an extension to that because Greg Patteron uh-huh. plays uh, with a certain player, um, <laughs> who I believe came over from like Russia uh, last year. Great signing, great player. Um, mm-hmm. Until he, bad teeth, bad teeth. Yeah, well, so, it comes teeth? it comes with the uh, territory <laughs> essentially. But I think it's something almost rhymes with Markov. But it's actually Radulov. He's not in the playoffs. Everyone shut the hell up about it. No! <laughs> Let's see how the rest of that contract goes. Ha. Guess I'm bitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank God we don't have it. So my favorite <laughs> thing from the week, um, it's tough. Because uh, I was just giving it some thought while everyone else was speaking. Um, I might have to go with... Yeah, pretty much. Oh, okay. I know exactly what it is. It was the catalyst for what uh, got the idea of the cold open uh, today, uh, tonight for, and that was uh, Monday morning quarterbacks, man. That interview with Melnick and uh, Gallo, and uh, <laughs> I think Bergevon ripped it in really good there because, I mean, they got they got started talking about Eric Stahl, and okay, Again, another huge hindsight thing where it's like, what was the cap situation at that time? Do you really want to pay that much? And it's like, well, we signed Semen instead. Well, it's like, yeah, because Semen was cheap as hell and we could get rid of him <laughs> real easy. It's like, imagine signing Stall. Problem. Yeah, Semen had an attitude problem. Great player attitude. But <laughs> yeah, so that was my favorite bit. Just the, the Monday morning quarterbacks because pretty much, man. A majority of the people that, you know, think they know what they're doing are doing exactly that. And honestly, they are not at the table with the team, with the scouts, with the rest of the higher-ups, looking at the actual situation, and they're only commenting on BS, essentially, that they create themselves half the time. And that's all I have to say about Correct. that. So, yeah, I that was believe... good. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. I tried my best. You're welcome. Yeah. So, everyone, um, say goodbye because we're very polite. And goodbye. I will just Bye, say everybody. thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye bye. Good night. Thank and you. enjoy the rest of the game. Las Vegas and the uh, LA Kings. I'm going to be there tomorrow. End of the second. Ooh, that's awesome. And there's one up the Knights. Nice.